I started my first business with $50 from a welfare check, homeless living in a shelter with three kids. Homeless living in a shelter? With three kids. Three kids. Back home in Richmond, California. When was this? This was 19... Corey, my youngest is 23. So this was 19... Maybe 99? Because he was born in 98, so it was about 99. And I was living in an abusive relationship, so I moved back home um, to California. But, you know, I didn't have any family there to be like, you know, I got you, right? So I'm one of those people where before you mistreat me, I will go to the shelter and figure it out myself. Mm. So that's what I did. And when I was there, people used to say, you don't look like a shelter girl. And I said, oh, I'm just passing through. But in those moments, I said, who do I want to be? I didn't have any role models um, that I could really look up to to say that's what I want to be. So one day, I had this vision of a woman. She, her hair was done. She had a briefcase. She was very ladylike. And I just didn't see her face. Mm. But I took on that persona of what I wanted to be, even though I didn't have an example. So once I saw it in my head, the examples start to come. And it was Shirley Ralph and Moesha. Mm-hmm. And it became uh, Diane Carroll. Mm. Those two. Shirley Ralph and Moesha. What, what character is that? What? D. 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 Yes. So those were my examples. And so I took parts of what I saw of their characters and I put it to my own personality. So I tell people, although, yes, I am a feminine lifestyle strategist, there is a, everybody has their own brand of femininity. Mine is refined hood because I come from the hood. I'm just a little bit more refined. (laughs) (laughs) And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of The Social Proof Podcast where we find dope people that did dope stuff. And today is no different. We did a dinner and you stole the show of the whole dinner. I wasn't trying. It was, I was mad at the people there. You didn't have to take over the dinner. I was like just that. answering the questions that was asked <laughs> to me. How you doing, darling? I am awesome. How are you? Good, good. I am excited about this conversation. Um, we've been talking about you in our household since that conversation. <laughs> Walking in our feminine and masculine energy yes, yes, and like yes. really getting to know who we are. So before, I got a bunch of questions, but I guess... Kind of, kind of walk me through like who you are and what you do. Who I am. Do you want the professional or you want the woman? Give me both. Okay. Well, professionally, I am a feminine lifestyle strategist. I help women live their authentic life in business life and their love lives as the feminine, operating every funneling everything through that. As the woman, I am just a happy-go-lucky empty nester, living my best life, Mm. enjoying, you know, 2020, 2021 was kind of rough for a lot of people. But when I look at social media and I see so many people that are passing away, I'm just out here living my best life, whatever that looks like to me and however it's displayed. And I am just enjoying myself as a woman, embracing everything there is about a woman. Did you ever go through, like, etiquette training or something? It seems like you have, like, a very... (laughs) You, a lot of etiquette, like even the way you sit, it seems like, you know, at dinner you do things the right way. And... Nothing. You know what it is? I decided who I wanted to be. Mm. So back in the day, I, uh, for people that know my story, um, I started my first business with $50 from a welfare check, homeless living in a shelter with three kids. Homeless living in a shelter? With three kids. Three kids. Back home in Richmond, California. When was this? This was 19, not, Corey, my youngest is 23. So this was 19. Maybe 99. 
Because he was born in 98, so it was about 99. Mm -hmm. And I was leaving an abusive relationship, so I moved back home um, to California. But, you know, I didn't have any family there to be like, you know, I got you, right? So I'm one of those people where before you mistreat me, I will go to the shelter and figure it out myself. Mm. So that's what I did. And when I was there, people used to say, you don't look like a shelter girl. And I said, oh, I'm just passing through. But in those moments, I said, who do I want to be? I didn't have any role models um, that I could really look up to to say that's what I want to be. So one day I had this vision of a woman. Her hair was done. She had a briefcase. She was very ladylike. And I just didn't see her face. Mm. But I took on that persona of what I wanted to be, even though I didn't have a example. So once I saw it in my head, the examples start to come. And it was Shirley Ralph and Moesha. Mm -hmm. And it became uh, Diane Carroll. Mm. Those two. Shirley Ralph and Moesha. What, what character is that? What? D. 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 Yes. So those were my examples. And so I took parts of what I saw of their characters and I put it to my own personality. So I tell people, although, yes, I am a feminine lifestyle strategist, there is a, everybody has their own brand of femininity. Mine is refined hood because I come from the hood. I'm just a little bit more refined. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want, I want to go back to the abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Both. Yeah, to the point where you wouldn't recognize the left side of my face. Yeah, yes. And, is that um, your children's father? Yes. And so because of where we were, he was a big football star. Nobody really took it. You know, really? yeah. When 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 you live, he he played football um, for a major college at the time, and he was a star, ESPN, the whole nine. And when you are at that level, the authorities really didn't care about me as much as what them Buckeyes gonna do. Mm. It was that. So I had to flee the situation eventually. It took me a while to do so um, because I was not raised with, put it like this, my mother is a very sweet woman. My mother was very feminine, but I didn't realize she was the naive feminine. And the naive feminine is the one with no boundaries, the one that more kind of, she's extremely submissive, but to a man that doesn't deserve, has not earned her submissiveness. Mm. So what I did was I went the complete opposite for a while. Uh, I became very hard. I was like, Ain't nobody gonna do nothing to me. I was this. I was her. That's the hood side. April was my middle name. For those that don't know, is Ebony. So Ebony would come out from time to time. <laughs> and so I had to learn to get back to this where I am now because regardless of how much I was trying to be hard, there was still that softer, gentler person in me that was trying to come out. But I was protecting her because of what I saw growing up. But you became this after this relationship in terms of like calloused and... Oh, yeah. It was like, uh So my... were you the naive submissive during the relationship? Yes. That's how I ended up in an abusive relationship. How long were you in it? Oh, my daughter is 20... About six years. Can you explain to me, because I, I, I don't um, understand it. If someone abuses you once or twice, even three times. You know this is a pattern. Mm -hmm. why, do, why do people stay in that? Because of what they saw previously. So I saw a man put his hands on my mother. 
So what I did was I repeated the pattern. I always tell people there's no such thing as generational curses, but there is a generational pattern. All we're doing is recycling the patterns that we see. So I saw that pattern and I didn't know, I was raised real religious. So because of that, they say, as long as he loves God and he loves you, he's a good man. They didn't teach us chemistry, compatibility, you know, goals and values and standards. They didn't teach us that. So I, I went in not knowing very much about relationships because I wasn't taught anything. I had to learn everything that I teach now. I had to learn on my own. And I have quite a few mentors that are, um, they're my seasoned wisdom ladies that I go hang out with. I hung out with one of them on last, sat, last Friday and she's just amazing. She's like 69 and she walks around like this, darling. And she said, oh, April, let me look at you. Oh, you look beautiful. Yes, sit like this, dude. So I hang out with women that are more seasoned and have more wisdom than I have. So I just take what I learned from them and my personal experiences and I share it with my audience. Gotcha. So do you think you were looking for that because that's what you saw? Are you associating that with love? Like if a man doesn't abuse me, they don't love me. I didn't think I associated with love. I think I associated with that's what it, that's just what it it is. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, because that's what I saw. And so, and I noticed even my daughter, she didn't get into an abusive relationship, but before I broke the pattern, my daughter um, relived my pattern in choosing the wrong husband. Mm. Now she got her, she got a good now, but she, I, she came in on the last, the, the last part of my change. She got the last part of that. That's why I always say our becoming has nothing more to really to do with us as much as it has to do with those that are watching us. So now my, I look at my daughter and she, she said, oh my, I got this. It's, 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 everything is good. And even the guy that she's with, she, he said, I don't know what you told her, but I'm about to marry your daughter. I heard that. I, I said, we're going. Said, I know we're looking at houses. <laughs> what you think about this one? I said, oh, okay. You know, mm. but she didn't get there just because she got there because I became. Mm. And so I always talk about our love legacy. We always talk about money hustling, grinding, leaving material things. But what about the love legacy? Are we leaving the kids a love blueprint? So we have so many people that are afraid of love, but I'm doing this for my kids. Well, why don't you fall in love for your kids? Mm. So that they can see what a healthy relationship looks like. So that's the area. The reason why I am so adamant about this is because that's where I failed. With the kids, after I went through my divorce and everything, I shut everything down. So they didn't get to see a man loving on their mother properly. And so they didn't get to see their mom loving on a man properly because I went into that, nope, it's just me and my three, you know? And then I start watching as they start to grow and how they chose mates and how they start to move in the area of relationships. And it wasn't wise. And it was because they didn't see it. So we can tell them anything, but are we showing them, are we having enough courage to say, if I have enough courage to say, I do everything for my kids and I put my kids first, what about the love part? Yeah. How do you, how do you, um, so I'll give you the scenario. There's a woman, bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship. Their heart is hardened and they say things like, I'm sure you've heard this before. Uh, I'm prepared to be single for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fall in love because it hurts. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of respect it. I mean, if, if you try something, fail, try something, fail, try something, fail, 
And then you look at all the stats, like most relationships aren't going to work out anyway. How do you get, just because maybe I saw love, I'm not, I can't control the other person though. But, the, but here's for my thing. I don't respect it. The reason being is because if you have a job and you lose your job, what do you do? Get another one. Okay. And you lose that job, then what you do? Get another one. But what do you do before you get another job? You upgrade your resume because you've learned other skill sets, mm. right? And now you go get a better job. And when you go get that other job, if it didn't work out, they closed down, something happened, you have another set of skills. So no one can ever tell me I'm not going to get in a relationship because of this when I watch you go get another job. So if you haven't been in a relationship in a long time and, and you're using that as an excuse, but yet in that time, you wouldn't got a degree. You wouldn't got your credit right to get a house. You did all of these things to upgrade yourself, but you still have the same story from five years ago? No, you can't sell me on that. I got you. I, I, I can feel that. I can feel that. So, but, well, let me, let me ask you. Are you saying that when you improve and you become the woman or the man that can handle a good woman or a man, they automatically come? Yes. I have a new book called Identity Switch, Becoming the Woman Who Gets What She Wants. And that's what the book is all about. So for over 10 years, I've been, I've been a dating coach. And before that, I was a business coach since 2005 or six. And no matter what I was teaching, I started to realize what the common denominator is. It's like everybody wants the information on how to attract a better man or better woman or how to make millions of dollars or, or whatever their thing is, but they don't want to change into the, the identity of a person that can have that. So you're asking me to give you where the good men hang out, but you still walk around with this hurt and pain. Well, the woman that you're becoming, she knows how to vet men now. The woman you're becoming, she's a wiser woman now. Mm. So you can't take what I'm teaching you here and try to apply to your own self because a, be a, a better man is nothing more than a byproduct of you becoming a better woman. That makes sense because you can, you know how you have this homegirl in off-rip. I don't even know the guy, but are you dating him? That? Really? <laughs> yeah. And it's because I guess that woman can't even see. Yes. It's like, it's like I just got a Tesla. Prior to getting a Tesla, I didn't see a lot of Teslas around. Mm. Now I see them everywhere. So once you switch over into a different view, you get something different. So when people say, oh, dating in Atlanta is hard. Dating in Atlanta has never been hard for me. No? Never. And when I tell you, I've had fun dating in Atlanta. And it's all because of how I view myself, how I presented myself, and me saying, you know what, April, you can't hide behind the domestic violence. You can't hide behind the 12 years of molestation or the um, rapes or whatever you, all the things you've gone through. You can't hide behind that because at the end of the day, if you weigh it and you say, even though I've been all through all this, I still want to have somebody there. That means you, you have to heal yourself. If you can say, I don't want a relationship and not put it on any reason, but I just don't want a relationship. I'll believe you. But if you say, well, I don't want a relationship because blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, you lying. You lying. And you need to make an identity switch to become the woman that doesn't make those old mistakes or the man. Because I get a lot of guys that I call them Captain Sabums for whatever reason. Well, normally it's having a toxic mother. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Normally, a man's first um, experience with toxic, toxic femininity is with his mom. A man's first experience with toxic femininity. This is my okay. What is toxic femininity? Give me some examples of okay. toxic femininity. Here, here, here's this is example. Uh, maybe about 2016 or 17, I was dating this guy. Very, very well established. Are you married right now? No, I'm not okay. married. Right I, I want to get into this dating life. No, that you got. Every, Go ahead, every, everybody 
like everybody wants to get into my Keep dating, my dating life. Oh, we're gonna get there to me. <laughs> Go ahead, finish, finish. So finish. I was dating a guy back in 2017, and um, he had told me about his past, how his mom, he loved his mom, but she was very demeaning towards him and talked crazy to him and all of this stuff. Well, he had been married at that time. He was uh, recently divorced after his second marriage, but I'm listening to the pattern. So one day, um, he and I, were, we had started kind of seeing each other, but he was seeing somebody prior to me. I didn't have a problem with that because to me, dating is nothing more than collecting information. So, that, <laughs> I, so I didn't have a problem with it. Well, one day I called him and I said, hey, um, congrats. No, I texted him. I said, congratulations on your new barbershop because he opened like maybe five franchises mm-hmm. around the city. Apparently, he was on the date with the other girl. And at the time. At the, at the, at, yeah, because okay. that night, my phone, he just kept calling my phone at like midnight, and he never called me that late, so I'm thinking something is wrong. And I said, hey, what's going on? He said, well, I got in trouble tonight. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, remember I told you about the girl? I said, okay, yeah. He said, well, we were at the movies, and when you text me, my phone lit up. And um, she, first of all, she touched his phone and opened the phone and read the message. I said, that's the first order of business. That's a no-no. For and, sure. And I said, okay. And I said, well, what happened? I said, because all I said was congratulations and blah, blah, blah. He said, she was like, if April is your friend, call her. Just call her. He said, I'm not calling that woman. She is my friend. And at that point, that's what we were. Mm-hmm. Well, he, the next day I had to go to a wedding. I'm at the wedding and he calls me and I step out and he was a little drunk and he's sitting there at the bar in Houston. He's like, man, April, you such a golden woman. You didn't cuss me out. You didn't go off on me. You didn't call me names. You didn't do any of that stuff. And he's telling me how wonderful I am. But he still chose the other girl. Mm. Now, this is this this is where the toxicity comes in. And he repeated what he got from his mother. So he explained to me what happened that night. So that girl, not only did she go off on him in public, and he's a public figure in Atlanta, she called her baby daddy to pick her up from the movies while she was with him and cussed him out. And I said, so what I'm hearing you say is you're not used to somebody treating you well. Mm. So you went back to your mama. Is what you did. But you called me to tell me I could, how golden I was. He's like, you didn't raise your voice at all. I just, yeah, I said, I just listened. Because number one, you, you're not my man. But number two, um, there was nothing for me to go off about unless you was just doing some lying that you felt guilty about yeah, that I didn't know. Right. I said, but I, ne- I didn't raise my voice one time. I just said, okay, well, you know, that's up to you to handle. And, you know, maybe you should have told me that it might have been a little bit more deeper between, you know, you two than what you shared. But I wasn't mad. So you want to tell me how wonderful I am, but you go right back to the toxicity. So two days later, he calls me. Now I'm in, t- in coach mode because you I wouldn't date you no way because you, you're broken and you ain't trying to get no help. He's like, well, April, maybe if I love her through it and maybe if I show her something different. I said, that sounds like you're trying to get the approval of your mother mm. because your mother talked to you like this. And so now the only difference between her and your mother is you get a little bit more affection. So she's giving you a little bit more love and affection wrapped up in the talking to you crazy and being disrespectful to you. I said, you are a public figure. You guys are in the middle of Atlantic Station and she went off on you. Everybody knows who you are and that's what you're choosing. So that's what let me know that's that toxicity that he was used to and it came from his mother. Got it. And that's why you're saying if he becomes, if he develops and understands what he deserves and who he mm-hmm. is, he can see that, yo, this is, okay, we're, we're going back and forth, you're screaming, you're hollering, you picked, your baby daddy picked you up, that was a wild decision Yes, on our date, but he still just can't 
see you can't it. see it because he's still tra- he's still seeking the approval and love of his mother. So this mm. girl, even though she's nicer and sweeter on some areas, it's like crumbs. I'm gonna give you some crumbs, but I'm going to treat you like your mother did. So that's what he knows. Um, and so I seen him maybe. Uh, maybe two or three years later. And I said, oh, I need the back of my haircut. I said, let me go in here and bother this man. So I go in there and he sees me. He's like, how are you doing? I said, I'm good, darling. How are you? He said, well, you, we taking a break. I'm like, child, just cut my hair. I already knew what this was going to be. But hopefully he started to understand what I was trying to share with him. I said, she's nothing more than your mother. And I said, your two ex-wives, you, you told me the same stories. And it's like you're trying to get approval, but that's this toxic femininity that you are used to. Mm. And so you keep choosing women that are going to treat you this way. I said, the only way to get through that, and that's for anybody, is to actually sit through good love. And it's a hard thing to do. To sit through good love. Oh, it's hard. Why is it so hard? I had to learn it, David. I had, I had to learn it myself because I wasn't used to that. So how I teach my clients to do it is, if there are no red flags, if there are, if there's nothing in your spirit that's saying, uh, you know, warning, sit there. It will make you feel sick to your stomach. I used to feel like I was going to throw up when a man treated me well. I'm like, oh my God, he's, why are you here? Like, and I would always have that, that flighty type deal. And the complaint men used to have about me is, you treat me like a king in all my presence, but with you, it's out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> and I had to learn what that was from. So that took me going within. It's like, April, what is it? And it was, you're not actually, you weren't used to anybody actually being a man of his word, his actions, his patterns, his words, his consistency, and his efforts lining up. All of this is lining up and it makes you sick because you are wired to have an argument so you are wired to him not doing what he says he's going to do. So you have a bunch of rebuttals already right here in your subconscious mind. So what happens is when you start sitting and get love, your subconscious mind, which I call her Jessica, you can name her or him, whatever you want. You have to tell them to sit down mm-hmm. because that Jessica is wired for you being alone. So mm-hmm. Jessica is going to make you see things that are not there because of what it knows. So you have to literally sit through somebody treating you well, feeling like you're going to vomit all over the place. And if they touch you, you might cringe, but you understand the difference between if it's a red flag or if it's the fact that you're just not used to good love. Goodness gracious. Where was your transformation? Because you were the person, uh, you know, uh, abusive relationship, um, maybe... Like, you don't see for years that this is not a good thing, I suppose. Or maybe you saw it, you just didn't have anything, you didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Where Tell me, like, and be as, like, vivid in the picture as possible. Where did things change for you? I went, I was getting ready to get married. And I knew I was not she supposed to. the guy. No, 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 no. I, no, I, I didn't marry. I took his engagement ring, but I didn't marry him. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but that was that was silly of me anyway to even do that because the only reason why he gave me the engagement ring is because he had just ran my face into the wall. Mm. So I found out years later that this is what he saw. They tried to act like no, my this not this ever happened in my family. I found out later through my middle son who went to go visit his grandparents that it was some other stuff that I didn't know about. It made a lot of stuff make sense to my son. What do you mean? That um, it's a possibility that um, his father's father, his grandfather may have been abusive. 
Mm. So, no, but they, you know, church family, you know, keep that stuff on the hush. So, but my son came back um, not too long ago sharing, mom, I think I understand some stuff a little bit better now, now that I've come to visit. So it made things make sense to me um, even more. Um, But no, I didn't, I didn't marry him um, because I walked in on him having sex with another woman two months before our wedding. (gasps) Just all, we, we all swinging in the wind when I walked in the door, just so it took all of that for me to get it. Like, April, it's toxic. And so, and that's why I get so passionate about what I teach because I've been through everything that I'm talking about yeah. and had to learn how to get to that good love part. So throughout those years, I was that hardened, hardened woman. It was like, man, I ain't got time for this. And my vice, I don't know if I should be saying this, but it's you, I'll tell you. My vice was, some people get promiscuous. Some people get extremely uh, bitter. My vice was, I'm going to get you before you get me. So I liked the fact that I could lure a man in and then crush his heart and drop him and send him on his way. Mm. That was my vice. It was like really? it was like the art of seduction is on. And if I knew I could, I remember one time vividly, it had to be maybe 2001. I'm in a club. I walk in. There's a guy dancing with a girl, but her back was to me. He and I locked eyes. And it was, I got this thing that I do. I teach, it's called the six second stare. I'm not going to teach y'all today. Not teach that. No, 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 he followed me to the bathroom and um, he was waiting. And I said, I knew I knew you would be here. He said, well, I was just trying. I said, no, I said, what about your girl? And when we just on a date and I'm like, got him. I don't want him. You know, it was it was kind of like that for me. Really? And so that's what. Yeah, I, I it was like a high for me to be able to I do actually that. Actually, no friend like that. Yeah. Like, I know you don't like it, Mm-mm. but. Because that was the hurt part. It was, I'm, I understand the power of a woman and I'm going to use it on you because of all of the things that men that I allowed, now I had to take responsibility, that I allowed men to do to me, not realizing I was the common denominator. So instead of me, I didn't realize that because I was in my 20s when I was doing this. I didn't realize it was me. I was placing all the blame on everybody else and I hadn't, at that point, I hadn't acknowledged all of the abuse that I had gone through as a kid either. Mm-hmm. So that was my vice. So I didn't get promiscuous. I didn't get bitter and angry. I got vindictive and I got very seductive and I knew how to lure a man in like it was candy and like, oh, and send him on his way because I could. But then I started to learn, April, would you want somebody to do that to you? Mm. So real quick, can you teach the six second stare? <laughs> Aria, are you dating somebody? <laughs> She need to learn the six-second stare. Oh, that's okay? it. Hey. <laughs> so can, can, can you walk? The, the six-second stare is just kind of like when you lock eyes. Like, if, say, for instance, a man walks in and you see him and you kind of... And then you kind of look away. Okay, y'all, you got to catch this little lip bite. <laughs> Baby, you got that? I want you looking at... <laughs> you only use the six-second stare. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, okay. and so so that's what I would do. And it would... it would, But for whatever it did to y'all, it would mm. do it. And that was my vice. And so 
Um, actually, that's why I ended up ended up teaching wives. I was in Miami, you know, and I had to teach some wives um, the art of <laughs> role play, dirty talk, and how to be his friend and his mistress. Because I learned all of this early on. Mm. So I I use my powers for good now. <laughs> but back then, it all stemmed from brokenness. Gotcha. And I was using it. That's why I say people tell women all the time, you can use your femininity for good or for evil. Uh, for those that read the story of Samson and Delilah, she used her powers for evil, but it doesn't mean that her um, method didn't work. Still mm-hmm. creating that safe space, you know, being being that woman that she's described as, it still works. It's just deciding how you're going to use it. Yeah, that's wild. She was super toxic because he saw all uh-huh. the times she tried to set him up. And for some, I guess she hit him with a six-second stare. And my <laughs> man... <laughs> he was powerless. Okay, but w- when did when did things change for you? When did you turn into this April that we see today? Funny thing is, I've always been her. I suppressed her because I didn't want to be taken advantage of like I saw my mom being her taken advantage of. Mm. But it really didn't hit me until 2014. I was getting married. I called off the wedding. Um, I knew I shouldn't have been marrying me. It wasn't a bad guy. I wish... Matter of fact, he sent me a little video today talking about back in the day. It's a no. Uh, <laughs> but we're still friends. We do good business together, you know, that. But on a romantic note, that's not what it was. It wasn't supposed to be that. And we were talking marriage. And I remember one day we went to the church and um, he had to go to his office to get something. And I was standing at the back of the church looking at the altar. And I heard a voice clear as day say, can you do this? We had just went and looked at rings and everything. And my answer was no. That's when I said, okay, God, I want you to take away everything that I think I know, including what I was taught about you. And I need to know what I'm doing. I need to be totally transformed. Broke off that relationship and I went into a hiatus for about 18 months. Mm. And it was just me and God. That was it. And I will say, when you start asking the creator for truth, be prepared to accept it because there was a lot, I dealt with a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance. It was strong because I had to go against everything that I was taught in order to change into the woman, to actually let the woman that you see blossom. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. 
And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay, I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal what is co- so joe is unfamiliar with cognizant <laughs> so if you could educate if you could just educate this brother please. it's, it's what, what it is is it's actually it's actually understanding that I've been taught one thing. Now that I'm getting truth about it, it's hard for me to switch into what the truth is. Mm-hmm. So it's like a battle that's going, you know, mm-hmm. on within. So I went through that for 18 months. But inside of that, and I'm like, God, always, I always have to go through all of the hard stuff before I teach it. Mm-hmm. And so for 18 months, there was no dating, that I wasn't um, involved with any men. I was just trying to figure out this thing. At that time, my sons, who are now 25 and 23, were in the 11th and 9th grade. Although I'm going through this breakup and I'm trying to figure things out, I'm hearing, you know, about tapping more into this feminine energy. And I start doing my little research on it. And I start realizing, oh, April, you've always been her, but I've been afraid to show her. Because everybody thought femininity is the color pink and you have to walk like this and you have to talk like that. And no, there's different brands of femininity. And to me, I describe it as Mother Earth. Mother Earth is kind. It's caring. It's gentle. um, It's nurturing. It feeds you. It provides for you. But Mother Earth is also destructive, cause catastrophes, and it destroys whatever is not truth in its way. So people get it twisted that femininity is one thing and it's this soft, gentle lady walking around with pink and she never raises her voice and she never used profanity. And she, that's not what that is. So we have a skewed view of, of what it is. So I was afraid to show all of who I am because it didn't fit into what they were 
teaching because every now and again, you might get a cuss word out of me every now and again. Every now and again, I can get about that life if you mess with my family and, you know, those that I love. But that's now not that's no longer my default. My default is the feminine. However, there is that little section. We all have the king and the queen, the queen and the fool in us. Whoever you poke and keep poking, especially if it's the family. Do you want me to sit here and say, oh, my God, please don't hit my son. Did you do anything wrong to my child? That's not what you do. The mama bear comes up and says, excuse me, that assertiveness, that it's okay to be that. But I was afraid to let all of me show because my femininity didn't look like just pink, although pink now is my favorite color, but it wasn't just so very small spoken. I have a big personality. So, so what is feminine energy? If you could like describe it. It's Mother Mother Earth. But actually, to even go even deeper, feminine energy is nothing more than being open, being free, being okay with your creativity. Like, like the masculine energy is the, the, um, the focus, the, the analytics, the data, the doing. The feminine is more of the receiving. I get most of my best ideas when I'm sitting by the water doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I get my million dollar ideas there and then I switch into that 15 to 10, 15 to 10% of that masculine energy to execute it. And so people think you're only supposed to have only feminine energy. You wouldn't like a woman if she only had feminine energy because that's not a ride or die chick that everybody claims that they want. Yeah. That's not a Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie had some masculine energy in her, energy in her in order to do what she did. You know, ride or die chicks especially black men love to say that. Okay, well, I'm a docile little woman and I'm very feminine. I'm your ride or die chick. No, that's not what you want. You want somebody that got a little edge to her, but she has what I call the queen and the uh, damsel in distress energy. So she knows when to rule, but also she knows when to be the damsel in distress. Mm. So it's a mixture. How do you teach them how to balance that though? Because obviously all women have it. They have them both. Yes. But I think the balance sometimes is out of whack, right? Yes. Well, when a woman understands what feminine energy is, it's her freedom of being a woman. It's her ability to feel. If I could if I could use one word, it would be feel. Because y'all feel, but not like we do. And and we live in a culture of unbotheredness. Everybody's unbothered, honey. But being a feminine woman, it's okay to be bothered. We suppress our emotions, and that's the thing that draws y'all to us, is our capacity to hold space emotionally. But women today are not tapped into their emotions because if you look at TikTok, you look at Instagram, everybody's unbothered. You just keep moving, girl. You just keep moving. No, it's okay to be bothered. You don't stay bothered, but it's okay to feel. And that's, if I could... Just get that message across. Let's start there. I'm not even going to take you into the deep stuff. Let's start with just feeling and being okay with saying, you know what? I feel like crying today and I don't even know why. Mm, Somebody said it to me too. Uh, uh, B. Simone, she said sometimes she just sits home and she just cries. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, she's like, she don't know why she's crying. (laughs) And that's not something I can relate to Mm -hmm. necessarily, but. It's just, it's feeling and more women would tap more into that side of themselves if they just allowed themselves to feel. So that's your first assignment. Learn how to feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I can take you through the other. Of course, there's other things, but it's starting there. And we have become so hard and so um, just rigid to where it's, it's we cancel and not unbothered culture is what we live in. Yeah. 
And as women, we need to be bothered and to feel because it allows us to connect with not just you all, but connect as a unit, you know, of, of women. But we have gotten so far away from just the feeling part of what femininity is. I feel like. So you are single right now? I'm doing a couple of things. What does that, what does that mean? Uh, so you're... No, I'm not. If I'm not married, I'm single. So I'll say I'm single. So if you're not married, you're single. I don't. I don't do. I don't do relationship titles. You're in a significant. No, 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 no. And I, no, for me, I'm married or I'm single. I don't do relationship titles. I do. Fian- well, only relationship titles I do is fiance or wife. Okay, let me ask you this. That's so, it. is there one special person in your life that would that? Okay, is there one special person in your life? That you would be upset with if they was on a date right now with somebody. No, because even if there was, I'm still not upset because I only do fiance and wife. Here's my thing. I believe that it doesn't take a man all day to recognize sunshine. I'm not going to be your girlfriend when the goal is to be a wife. We can date and get to know each other and do everything else as a as people do getting to know each other. And if we decide we want to get married, then we well, it then comes well the will you marry me? But I don't subscribe to relationship titles under other than fiance or wife. So if you decide that you want to go out on a date with someone else, that's what you decide. But I have the right to do that too. So if you're okay with that. My job is not to worry about another woman. My job is to get so far down into your DNA. To where you only crave me. Mm, oh, we crave you. I like that. Yes. So, do you have the conversation with somebody and say we are, we are exclusive now? Oh, I don't do exclusivity. That's you a relationship. Don't do exclusivity. No. So, so you're dating right now. I everything is dating until oh it's fiance God. and wife. I, I promise. So, you. Okay, let me. Okay, let me ask you this <laughs> question. Trying, to get, I, I, trying to get the tea. <laughs> if you met someone. Today that impressed you, would you exchange information with them? I met men every day that impressed me. I do, but this is how I work, David. I like a man that says something like this Be ready at seven o'clock. We're going to dinner, not do you want to go to dinner? Dang, I said it while I was all the time. You hungry? Because, and this is why. I truly operate in the feminine every single day, mm-hmm. but I'm also a feminine CEO, which means I run businesses. I don't like to have to be in charge when I'm with the man in my life. Mm-hmm. I like you to say, honey, okay, so listen. All right, April, I know you don't do relationship titles and all that. We're going to see what we're going to do for this 90 days and figure out. I only want your attention for 90 days so we can see what, if we can get to know each other like this. You got to come at me like real hard like that. Anything less, we're dating. Yeah, you know, here's the thing, though, because there are some of us out there that we don't operate in that way. I don't care what we go eat. I don't care where we go. I mean, it's I would rather you pick something you like, especially if I say, okay, you're like, where do you want to eat? And I say, well, Italian. You're like, ah, Italian? And I'm like, okay, well, seafood? You know what I mean? I don't care which, I don't care what you pick, right? So I don't, I don't force, it's just my personality. Is I don't assume anything for anybody, whether it's my employees or anything like that. Well, see, sir, see, I'm a woman. I, I was talking. You have my one of my best friends on a couple of times, Dr. Bobby Price. Oh, my we God. talk every, pretty much every day, and we were talking about this conversation. Oh yeah, 
No, Bobby is my best, one of my bestest friends in the world. I mean, <laughs> he's assertive. He's he's like an assertive man too. Yeah, but Bobby is very Bobby. Bobby is very masculine. Bobby is a. I'll be like Bobby. Look, you gonna hurt somebody? Like, what you? <laughs> so no, Bobby is like one of my closest friends. We hang out. You know, we talk pretty much, if not every day, every other day. And we were talking about this last night. Um, and he said, April, you know what you are? I said, what am I? He said, you're a butterfly. And I said, I know. I got to have a man that can manage me. And he said, well, what does that look like to you? I said, I can see myself on the beach with this white flowy dress on, just flying like a butterfly. And I get off into the ocean. And he kind of reeled me back. No, babe, we can't do that today. We're not. We got things to do. Get back. And oh, Well, because I respect you. Okay. Can, but can we do this later on? I'm mm. one of those. So I, well, you got to understand what you need. And so we were talking. He said, yeah, you're right, because you're you're like a Peter Pan. He said, but the thing is, you get your work done and you're able to be so successful, but you're very butterfly. I said, that's why I'm able to do it. Because I use the feminine energy to be butterfly, but I use a very small part of the masculine energy to get it done. So that mm. means I don't spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. The feminine creativity allowed me to figure out what I need to do. The masculine allows me to do it and I get it done a lot faster so I can go be a butterfly and be on the beach and live a good life. Mm. So that's just how I work. But that's why I teach women. It's very important to know how you are and what type of man that you need. Like me, I like like the brawny guy, the brawny paper mm. towel guy. Mm. That's sexy. That would, that would be my guy all day. <laughs> I'm like, you better get that wood. You better get that wood. <laughs> and that stems from what I saw growing up. So my grandfather was a man's man. Um, he only had a third grade education. My grandmother graduated from Jackson State. And I remember being five years old and we went to go get the Christmas tree. Every year we would get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to Berkeley, downtown Berkeley to get the Christmas tree. And one day, one Christmas we stopped. Um, we were asking, uh, I asked my grandmother, can we stop and get some donuts? She said, no, but my granddaddy said yes. And he said, okay, we got the donuts, put them on the stove. And once you're done, we can eat them. Well, I put them on the stove, went back to check them. It was ants all over them. Mm. I was screaming and hollering. And my grandfather being the brawny, downy, brawny kind of man's man, um, I watched him come all the way down into his gentleness and his tenderness and take care of me. He sat me on his lap. He said, what's wrong with uh, Big Daddy's baby? I said, dance, dance, got the donuts. He said, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're going to finish the Christmas tree. And once we're done, we're going to go get you some more donuts, okay? That was my first instance of seeing a man stop and take care of me, no matter mm. what he had going on. So I was taught at that moment, no man is ever too busy for you. And my grandfather was a very busy man. Some of the Victorian homes in San Francisco, he helped build, even though he only had a third grade education. So he was very busy. He was always on the go. He was a blue collar worker. You know, I sometimes he was like, April May, you want to go to work with me? And I would go to work with him to help clean up um, some of the debris. And I had to be about seven. But that was my hero. And so because of that and because I saw a man, that was my definition of a man. He was a protector. He was a provider. But at the same time, he was very tender and loving and caring and attentive. That stuck with me. And my best friend would say, he says all the time, he said, hey, that's the kind of guys you like. You like those take charge kind of guys. I said, yes, because that's what I saw. And that feels like home to me. But that doesn't necessarily make them 
better than somebody that is. That just makes it your preference. Yeah, yes? it just makes it my preference. It doesn't gotcha. mean, but but that comes across in different ways. So even whether he's not the brawny guy, like my daughter, the guy she's with, he's not the brawny guy. He is a software developer and he can build the crap out of an app and a website and everything, <laughs> coding, right? So he's not that extreme masculine guy, but he's a very assertive guy. He's very loving, very caring. And he would not be, he said himself, most women that are black would not date me because I'm not that hard type of guy. So my daughter had to change her identity to be able to recognize him. Mm. She would have missed that. She said, mom, he good to me. And he loves him some her, but he's not the typical man that a lot of women say that they, they want. And it's okay as long as he can make sure you good and you know that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Type of woman you are, so you know the type of man that you need. It ain't, everybody don't need the brawny guy. Everybody, mm. everybody can't have a Boaz. Somebody need uh, Paul, Peter. Somebody need <laughs> Joshua. Somebody need John and them. Everybody can't have Boaz. You got to understand the type of man you're wired for. Yeah. A lot of women don't know that. Let me ask you, what are your, your thoughts around dating and sex? Um, it depends on the woman. Now, I teach because I have women that are abstinent and I have women that are not. I always tell women um, that believe sex is the thing that if they hold out on, it's going to get the ring. I'm like, child, women have been having sex every day and it's always weddings going on around here in Atlanta. <laughs> I said, so that's not the thing. But mm -hmm. if they do come to me saying, when should I have sex? I said, you don't have sex with a man until he's emotionally connected to you. Mm. Because once you do it prior, you ain't going to too much hear from him too much because there's no reason for him to be around. You have, you have not become an asset in his life and to his emotions. And how do you recognize that you've tapped into his emotions? You know. You know. It, I wouldn't know. It, it's just I mean, women as, as a woman, as a woman, you know when he when he is attentive to you, when he cares about your well-being, not just your body. When he wants to talk to you, oh honey, what do you think I should do about this? When he starts including you in the wheeze, when he starts opening up and being vulnerable with you, you're getting into that emotional space. But women, a lot of them be trying to do it the other way around. It's mm -hmm. like you, you, but you gave him some, girl. Now, Miss April, but he's not calling no more. Why would he? <laughs> he doesn't have a reason to because you have not become. It's twelve o'clock at night. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you have not become the breath that he breathes. So, but at the same time, there are women. I guess women have needs, right? Yeah, yes I mean, and no. I mean, it all yes and no. Well, it, it all depends, right? Uh, and you know, Bobby and I, we were having this conversation. Was you on our conversation I wasn't last there. night? Mm -hmm. We were having this conversation as well. And we talked about energy exchanges. And I was telling him, I said, people don't realize when you're sleeping with a bunch of random people, you don't know what they're dealing with that's being transferred over to you. And I told him, I said, years ago, I was dealing with this guy and I didn't want a relationship or anything, neither did he. So we had our little thing going. But I would wonder every time I would sleep with him 
for five to seven days, I was always in the fetal position, crying and just down and depressed. I didn't know he was dealing with that. So what? even though we were, it was protected sex and all of that, it was the energy exchange that he had that transferred over to me. Now I'm feeling what he's feeling because I wasn't depressed and low self-esteem or, or none of that at the time. So I'm feeling that. So I'm very cautious. Like we don't, yeah, we don't play them type games because it's not just a, a act for me. It's I need to know what you're dealing with in your life. I need to know your traumas because your traumas, you're going to release that onto me. Or into you. Into me, yeah. Dang. So I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't play them games like that. No. When you put it like that, uh, that's scary. It is. It is. No, people aren't looking at it like that. They're just looking at it, oh, girl, I got needs. Yeah, but what is he depositing into you? Whether it's protected or not, sex is a very intimate act. I remember at 19, I was talking to a guy and he said, did you know? And he was having smoking weed. He was high as my grandfather would say a Georgia pine. <laughs> and he said, um, did you know the closest thing you can do to a person? I said, what's that? He said, the closest thing you can do is be inside them. And that stuck with me. He said, when you lay down with somebody, you let a man, he's literally going inside of your body. And from that point, I th he was 19 and I was 16 or 17. And that stuck with me because I had never thought about it like that because it was just like, oh, everybody is, you, you, back then it was that, you down with OPP, you know, back then. <laughs> so that was something that really resonated with me. And I always took that with me. And then I started realizing you can't sleep with people like that. Not it's because it's not it's more than just an act and I have an itch. And a lot of men, they don't even realize that and wondering why they're having all of these issues with women. How many women have you slept with that you knew nothing about her background? You knew nothing mm -hmm. about what she was dealing with, her traumas and everything. You knew nothing about her other than she looked good and she got a big booty and it was nice looking. That's it. And now you're wondering why you feeling all these different type of emotions and things that you've never felt before because you have all of these people, the energy from all of these different people connected to you. So I'm very cautious and I teach that if you're going to do this, wait till you're emotionally connected to him because you would have had time to vet him. Gotcha. And I guess, so there, there is a little bit of validity to like the waiting or the 90 days or whatever, but it's not just about the day. It's just, there needs to be some time to you get, until you get to know and understand yes. the real them. Yes. And so yeah, that you like the 90 day, that's just a time period. Yeah. But if you're not vetting and asking the proper questions and stimulating the proper in time in those 90 days, none of that matters. You can give it to them on a 90th day and 91st day. You won't never hear from that joke right. again. <laughs> Cause y'all know y'all know how to wait us out. <laughs> so I'm just Yes. So I that's the way I teach the sex thing mm. because I understand the energetic transfer yeah. that happens and you wonder why you feeling all loony in the head and it has nothing to do with you. It's mm -hmm. them. So where are you at in this dating? Why you want to know that? Why you want to You're the coach. I want to know what's going on in your personal life too. Well, what do you want to know? Because you know, I'm the coach, but some of your favorite basketball and football players, uh, football coaches have never played the game, but they're the best coaches. That's a fact. No, no, no. But I just <laughs> want to know where you, are you in a position where you're desiring to be married? Okay, so or? Oh, here's the thing. So I'm, I'll give you the exclusives because everybody wants to know. Let's go. 
At this stage in my life, I have now opened my life up to be married now. Prior to that, I was not really pressed because I had to learn April 1st. So I was married. I got divorced. But remember earlier, I said I didn't know too much about why I was the way that I was. I had to make that switch. And honestly, Dave, I'm glad I didn't get married prior to being the woman I am now. I would have been married two or three times because I wouldn't have understood um, the dynamics, the in-depth dynamics of a relationship. So a lot of stuff that people complain about, I don't complain about because it's like none of that matters, you know? Um, so now at this stage, I said, you know what, April, you, you've created a pretty dope life. You know, you're a pretty dope woman. So now, you know, you meet wonderful men all the time. It's just all about you connecting with the person that is a compliment to your life. Sure. You know, so I teach that you don't have to be pressed when you, when you become a woman who understands who she is, you're not pressed like that anymore. And, you know, I get the whole, oh my gosh, she's 46. And, you know, what did what they say? They said, she's 46 and um, she's not a high value woman and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what they don't understand is this. Women back in the day, as we were going through evolution, they got married younger. It wasn't because they loved the man. It was because he was for survival. Women couldn't get bank accounts. Women could not buy houses. Women couldn't even fend for themselves. So yes, this this um, idea of if a woman is le- what twenty five or, or thirty five and over, she she's a has been. That's only because of the conditionings back in the day. Now that we are able to take care of ourselves um, and we able to look good, because I look good to be forty six. <laughs> we, we we are able to pick a man based upon his character and his integrity and his spirituality, we don't have to just run to you all for a bag anymore. And I think men should be happy about that because the narrative is, and I hear it all over the internet all the time, is that if a woman is over a particular age, she can't get a particular type of man. And that is so not true because the only reason why we were getting y'all when we were younger is because we didn't have rights. So we had to go snag up mm-hmm. the best man that we could get because all we could do was have babies and clean, possibly clean people's houses. But we couldn't even get credit cards without a husband. Mm. So those days are have changed. The problem now is women have gotten so far over into the independent side that now they've lost the, the interdependent side needing for the man. But back in the day, as we started to evolve, you know, even caveman times, women got together and said, okay, I'm gonna get him. Okay, that one, he can go out. He's not a village guy. He's the hunter. So everybody wanted to get the hunter. That's why you women say, oh, I want the alpha male. That's where that comes from. Wow. I want the man that's going to go out and he's going to go get everything. So that's why women gravitate to him because that's in our makeup. But now that we are able to have our rights, buy our homes and all of these things ourselves, we can actually take our time. And technically, back in the day, we were living to be over 100 years old. So it's Western culture and all of the diseases and the uh, food products and all of the, the stuff that we have now that have caused us to lessen in age. So when someone says, oh, you're 46 and you haven't, but I'm bad though. <laughs> I'm a baddie. Though. I'm a baddie though, you know? <laughs> and, I, and the thing is, it's not just from an outward appearance. I know what it means to be a woman and I know what it means to take care of an amazing man because I had to learn that. Yo, Joe, I don't think you're like a hunter, bro. Can you help Joe? 
What so, you need? What you know? What you need help with, Joe? Yo, so what, what, what's your issue, Joe? I don't Joe? know if he's a, like I don't know if he's a hunter gatherer. You know what I mean? Like, but everybody's not. Everybody doesn't have to be. See, you have the 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 hunter, then you have the man that stays in the village and protects everybody. Then you got the man that don't do nothing. He wait, no, he he's scared. That then no nobody really want him unless she's a, a masculine woman. Say, like, boy, come on, I got you. Mm. But everybody doesn't have to be that extreme masculine man. Can you protect? Can you provide? Can I be seen and heard by you? And can you treat me kind? Then boom, there you have it. So you have to find the woman that your personality type and how you do things, it works for. But everybody told I want this and he got to be. No, I just happen to like the brawny guy because I just think he's sexy. And that's yeah. only because I was raised around, you, you know, you know, really tough, you know, men. So what happened with me also is when I remember being in the ninth grade, I had a lot of 40 year old men around me and my family and they, they wore suits and ties. They took care of the family. So that's what I saw. So I was like, shoot, when I get 40, that's going to be around. Well, we yeah. wear hoodies now. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's a no. Even, it's even, different. Even preachers now, like, they be <laughs> wearing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Yo, I got a really good question for yes. you. Is it, they say that ignorance is bliss. Is it harder being a woman who knows and sees this stuff? Because it seems like it's harder to find, maybe the standards could be too high. I will say this. Unless you are an aware woman to understand nobody is perfect, it can be. Um, but you can't like ignore the signs. No, and you can't ignore. Your brain might see signs everywhere, especially if you've dated, you know, over your career of dating, I suppose. You just see certain things. You're like, ah, that's a no. Nope, that's a flag. It depends. Well, for me, it works like this. It could be a blessing and a curse. And I had to learn how to balance it. And how I did that was being in my industry for so long and studying the psyche of people and understanding how people work, it's like, you see you see everything, right? But I know I'm not perfect, and I know I have my flaws, right? So what I would do is, I don't believe in the 80-20 rule like everybody else does. So if a person is, meet his presence, his mere presence meets my core needs, just him walking in the room, and it's like, I just completely acquiesce. It's like, whatever you need. I'll be like, oh, he can get it. Like, yep. Yeah. That, yeah. But that's what his presence. But the, because it resonates with what, what my core needs are. I would give up 80% of for my, my wants for the 20% of what I need. So my list that I had, it was extremely long back in the day. It's very small now because it's all about the core needs and how I feel when I am with you. Is that settling? No. Settling would be getting 80% of what you want and not, and not the 20% of what you need. Okay, explain the 80-20 rule. Well, normally, so the, more normally the 80-20 rule is said that why give up um, 80% of what you wanted for, you know, for 20% of something else. Mm -hmm. I say why accept 20%, I mean 80% of what you want and your, your needs are in the 20%. Gotcha. So gotcha. if my needs are not... 80% of that, I can give up the fact that he's not 6'5". I can give up the fact that he doesn't make as much money as I do. But who he is as a man is in that 20%, and that's what the core being of April Mason needed. There's a manager at Foot Locker right now. Man, man, okay? 47 years old. Uh -huh. He don't make a whole bunch of bread, but treats you really nice. Mm -hmm. uh, is he trying to franchise that? No, he just... Is he, oh, so he's comfortable. 
maybe he's financially is one area of comfortability, but maybe he's obviously always trying to grow as a person. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better father. If the person has kids, I want to be better at my job. I have no desire to, I just don't, I don't, I don't see that big in business. Oh, well, no, that, that's, that's automatically a no for me. Why? Because I see that big. And my, if my, I'm a but woman. But he had 20% of all the But here's the thing, down. though. Inside of that 20% is a man that has to give me a vision to birth. Mm. Mm. I am a bona fide helpmate. I'm in the support role. Although I'm in the public eye, that's just what I do. I am so much more comfortable in the passenger seat. So inside of my 20%, even with dating, I have to find, before I can even like you, David, I have to find what will my role be in his life to birth whatever vision he has. I can't even like you if I don't see that. Mm, Joe, you got visions? Are you giving these girls <laughs> visions, bro? All day? Give a vision? Okay, okay. Yeah, I can't I can't even like you. I can't even I can't even form feelings for you unless I know what my helpmate position will be. Mm-hmm. It won't happen. Wow. So you can't be somebody that is I'm comfortable where I am and I'm not trying to do nothing else. And no, I have to, I'm good at that. That's why, you know, like I said, my ex and I, we are still cool. He'll say, April, you want to go to Hawaii? I said, you want to pick my brain, don't you? (laughs) He said, everything you told me to do, I sold that, I did that, I bought that property, I did this, and it works. So unless you're coming in, especially a man that already has his stuff together and he think he doing something, not until he gets what, what I call an amplify woman. And that's my title. I don't build, I amplify what he has. So I don't care if he has a half a million dollars. Well, we're going to be ready to turn that into at least 50 million on the low. Mm. I have to have something to do with the man that I'm with. You, I could never just be, you know, the wife that sit at home and not do anything. No, honey, what are we doing? What dynasty are we um, building? I take... I normally deal with men that say, April, I don't care how much money you have. What can you do with the money I have? That's where I'm comfortable because I know how to do that. And, I'm, and I like doing that. Yeah. And in exchange, I get the case of the kingdom because a man with a vision and a woman comes in that can amplify his portfolio, he going to give you everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bet. That's a bet. I mean, because I believe that a woman who wants for nothing gets everything. And I don't go mm. in wanting anything other than I want to see who you are as a man, um, past your persona, past how much money you have. I that's that's my normal world. I work with men like that all the time. I want to see who you are at your core. If we took all of this stuff away, that's going to determine if I like you or not. That's real. So you've you've transitioned. You were working exclusively with women and helping them date. Yes. Not exclusively. I've been I've been working. Or you leaned on the, more into. I was more on the forefront, but for the last ten years, I've always worked behind the scenes with men. Women were just more. I promoted that on the, on the platform. Gotcha. But your 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 real transformation is working with men. Oh yeah, I love I love Why? working with men because men like I, I did a show with um, Judge Joe Brown, and he uh, hit me to this. He said, "April, the reason why you work so well with men is because most of us played sports." back in the day, or we did something where we had to be coached. Mm-hmm. He said, so the way you wrap it in your womanness, and it just makes sense, it's logical, and your coaching, we can receive that as long as it makes sense. Mm. And they make 
moves leaps and bounds. I have a lot of men that say, oh, you turned me from a hoe to a husband because they <laughs> because they was ready. <laughs> they was ready. Women, How you do that, though? Because that desire is... Why do... I think we were having this conversation the other day. And uh, my wife asked me, um, like, why do men cheat? You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I said because they choose to. Because they choose to. So how do you get them to not make that decision? Um, see, every, I live by this. Everything in life is a choice, including cheating. Just like you can choose to cheat, you can I choose not to. I think that's the answer to. I told her. I said because they want to. Because they want to. So you don't get them to make that decision. You ask them what you're going to do. It's like... You, either you want this or you don't. The same way you can choose. I said, because you got to remember, normally when a man cheats, it's not the act, well, at least for me, um, because I understand a man could have five women set, sitting up here, all bent over, and he can he can do whatever he want to do to each one of them and have no emotional connection to it whatsoever. It's not the actual act of sleeping with another woman. It's the lying. It's the dishonesty. It's the, all the maneuvering you did to hide it from me. Let me know you could have done all of that to not do it. What do you mean? I don't understand. I don't understand. Because in order to cheat, if you got to go through a whole bunch of different lies and secretiveness mm -hmm. in order to do that. The fact that you know how to play that thing out, it lets me know that you know exactly what you were doing. Mm -hmm. So you could have chose something else, but you chose to go through the lies. You chose to hide it. You chose to be deceptive about your whereabouts and all of that. That means you're very, very smart. And you could have chose something else. So everything goes back to a choice. And I taught my children this. When they, they, my boys were younger, I showed them a picture of, it was a black attorney, black bailiff, a uh, black um, judge, and it was one, one more person. And then, oh, and then there was a black guy getting sentenced. I said, sons, what's the difference in all of this? What do you see in this picture? And they were going through. It took them a minute. And I said, I'll tell you, choice. Hmm. So... For me, I'm kind of real hard when, when it comes to that because this is a choice that you choose to, chose to make because in order to make this choice, you had to have all of these other things lined up, the lies and, and the meetups and the sneakiness. You had to be, you know, very manipulative and methodical to do that. Yeah. So instead of just not doing it, you created all of this other stuff. So it's not actually the act of you having sex with another woman. It's me seeing what you're capable of and what I thought the character and integrity you had, you don't have. Because I always felt like the biggest, to me, the most powerful person on the planet is a pimp. Because a pimp will tell you exactly what you're going to do. He's telling you, you're going to sell your body, you're going to give me the money, and you're going to do it again as long as I tell you to. That's honesty. It's up to you to choose if that's what you're going to do. And the pimp is pretty much just ciphering through the people that are okay with it, exactly this scenario. Right. And so to me, if you ever have to go through all of these different things to cheat, that's not a man to me. Because a man will say, listen, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to choose if this is going to be okay for you. Mm. When you take a poor person's choice away, you're not powerful at all. You tell them what it's going to be and present it. And then they have the they have the right. But anytime, and my, just as me, anytime a person has to go through all of this to, to cheat, you're not as powerful as you think you are. Because a powerful individual will tell you what you're going to do, present it to you, and give you the choice. And if you choose not to, they're going to go find somebody that will. That's real. I want to I go, before we wrap up, I want to know, 
like some of the inner workings of the business, of your business that you have and how you built it? Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, I think I don't know if I mentioned it, but I recently retired from quite a few divisions of our company. And my daughter, she took over some of the things. But um, I started out, I started my first business as a um, opening a gift basket business. That was my first business. And then I moved over into my, my actual corporate job was a commercial credit um, what is com- manager. So I learned all about business credit back in like the early 2000s because I was extending it. So I knew about all of the credit bureaus and all that. So I wrote a book on how to establish business credit and I traveled the world with that from 2006 to 2008. You quit the job to do that or? Oh no, I quit the job to start the gift basket business. I'm, right. I'm like, I'm I'm not meant for cubicles. Cubicles make me itch. Like I'm not meant for, I'm not meant for that life. Cause I, for sure. You know what it is? Because I go in there, I see how things can be better mm-hmm. and I be trying to change stuff, you know? So I'm like, no, April, you can't come in these people companies doing that. So I started my own, but then I got into the coaching space and I've been in the coaching space now, probably over 15 years now. Really? Yeah. I like when you talk about Myron Golden, all of us met, I love to see you and uh, Marcus and Trap because you guys are doing exactly what we were doing and the circles that we created back in 2005, six, seven, and eight. Oh, wow. I I thought we created that. Uh, no, so, no, no, sir. Cre- no, no, so we no, created sir. creating circles. You know? So, and that's how I ended up meeting Myron at Russell Simmons' event. Mm. And so he was like, I showed him my business credit book. I didn't know what I was doing. He said, do you know what you got here? I said, I know. I'm just trying to feed these children. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I love to see it because it reminds me of how we all used to move back in the day. Good. But I got into the coaching space and um, it just kind of happened. I didn't choose this. It kind of chose me. But what also happened was once my kids started getting older, I realized I didn't like coaching. Mm-hmm. I was only doing it to take care of the family. So I had to change my business into a model that fits my lifestyle. So my businesses are around my lifestyle, not my lifestyle around my business. Mm, So I like to travel and I like to go and I be wherever I want to be when I want to be there. So I said, what business model works best for you? And it's the um, subscription base. Mm, And, And I love the subscription base because it allows me to do what I like to do, but I can also help multiple people at one time versus taking on a bunch of different clients. Exactly. So we have our All Things Feminine Social Club app that we have where I only teach femininity in there. No man talk. I won't let them talk about men at all because normally women come to me because they want a better man. And I'm like, no, I need you to become a better you. The man is, the better man is going to be waiting for you, but not at the woman that you are now. What's the name of the app? It's called All Things Feminine Social Club. All Things Feminine Social Club. Yes. How many people are on that? Uh, now probably about 2,000. 2,000 people. Yeah, we launched it on Valentine's Day last year. So we've been working out all of the kinks, you know, seeing how it moves and how we, you know, moderators we need to have. So I've been kind of working in there, but that is where uh, most people can find me um, in there since we closed the Dating Academy down. Our last enrollment was in October. We officially closed at 15th. You made from that Dating Academy. Well, yeah. And Why we have a lot. We have, I'm in a different season of my life. Yeah, I feel that. And on top of that, I believe in leaving on a high note yeah. and having an exit strategy. And it was very lucrative. And if people look at my social media, you see all the, I'm always posting a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go to my clients' weddings um, as well. And 
It only doesn't work for people who don't want to become a different woman. That's real. Anybody that comes to me strictly for a man, it's not going to work for them. And if you're not really to, ready to dig into who you are as a woman, no, April's Dating Academy isn't for you. So I use the bait of the man to get you in there, but it's really all about you. Oh, I love that. Then you shut that down and now you're just... Uh, I'm enjoying life, right? Like, enjoying literally. Got you. I'm just enjoying life. I have a couple other business ventures, but right now, what I mainly do is I have another division. We have another division of the company called The Feminine Ear. And that's where I deal with only the men. Um, and it's more word of mouth now, but I normally get like the politicians, you know, the celebs and all of those, or men that are in high power positions, but can't choose a woman to save their life. They either mm. never been married or they may married three to four times and they're trying to figure it out. I can't wait to see this man you marry. Everybody wants to know. I can't wait to see this man. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to interview him. I don't know. What, what, do, what, do you, what, what do you see for me? What do you see for me? I see, I mean, he like walks on water a little bit. It's going to be somebody who is very assertive. Um, it would have to be someone that is sure of who he is. Maybe not arrogance, but I'm I'm not um I'm not trying to figure out my life still. Grounded, a very grounded man. Yes. Grounded. Mm-hmm. Um I think in even uh at this stage, you're not looking for no, you know, 30 nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, because I like distinguished. I like distinguished debonair types. Right. You know only, I mean? like, only because, like, the 30-something, you haven't had a chance to... I mean, you, you still got a lot of play in you a little bit. Yeah, but I can't keep the 28s to 36s away from Baby me. on you? I'd be like, bruh, listen, <laughs> I'm, what, what am I going to do with you? I would send you to my daughter, but she got somebody. No. But no, I... I you know what it is for me? It's not even no, necessary. I cultivate you a little 28. You know what I mean? A little 29, show them a little something. I'm not trying to... I'm trying to learn something. Hey, man, they know a lot about tech. You know what I mean? They not wrong. They not wrong with Cougar. Cougar vibes. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, one of my best friends, her husband is nine years younger than her, and he loves everything about that girl. You like, don't think you can find an amazing 31? Uh, I'm not interested in an amazing 31 at 46, no. I mean... No. A lot of energy right there. But... The men that are keeping themselves up in their late forties and fifties, they got a lot of energy too. That's a fact. All right, well, stop being nasty on here. All right, so I didn't say nothing nasty. It's the way you said it. You know what I mean? They got a lot of energy too. But you know what it is for me to be honest with you? Mm-hmm. It's kindness. Yeah. When people say, when people ask me, what exactly are you looking for? Kindness. Yeah. You know, and I think and I don't got think away from that. The money can be an issue at this point in life. Like, I mean, almost like we're we're good. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. It, you know what? It's one of those spaces where let's take our portfolios off the table. Let's see who we are. And a lot of times men with portfolio, I, like I attract them. That That's, I don't know what it is, but I attract those, them ones with the mm-hmm. portfolios, right? But when, I, when I'm not impressed by that, it makes them a little uncomfortable because now you got to go deeper with me because mm-hmm. I see your kind every single day. Gotcha. You know, meeting a man in Atlanta, for me, making a half a million dollars a year or having multiple million dollars of business, that's easy. Like, when you're in that feminine space, men like that, that's what they love about you. 
you know, they're not interested in, you know, you in competition with them. They like to come home to a peaceful place. They like to, to have a woman that they can get wise counsel from and and be his cheerleader and all those things. I love being that in that role. However, you got to earn that. Yeah. You have to show me that you have more than just material things. Because, I mean, I'm around wealthy men, like... Re- being around a regular, I mean, a rich man, like with multiple millions, of that's easy mm-hmm. anywhere. I mean, but who are you if they took that away? That's true. Do, do you have that same tenacity inside of you to go get it again if you lost it today? That's real. You know, that's do you real. have that ambition? Do you, uh, can you hear, can you hear me? Can you see me? You know, are are you someone that understands the importance of your spirituality and not just, I want to say, I want to thank God, you know, do you understand what that really means? Are you in tune with the parts of you that are feminine? Mm. You know, those things. Can you be that assertive man and yet be soft and tender and gentle at the same time when need be? I'm not asking you to be that all the time, but can you be soft and gentle with me, but also be very stern when it, when I need that? They're going to be in your DM after this. I'm telling you. Why? Oh, they, I mean, they're going to be on you. You know what it is? They be on Joe. They be on. Oh, they, they be, be in Joe. Joe DM from the podcast. He said, why wouldn't they be? Oh, they be out here. So, Joe, okay. So, real quick, I want you to be able to ask a question. Yes. Okay, because he's in a place right now. He's trying to you know, get his stuff together. You want a wife now, Joe? I do. How old are you, Joe? 34. Okay, what kind of wife you like? What, what kind of man are you? I'm I'm the guy the protector you're talking about. Okay. I'm not the hunter. I'm not going out there killing lions and dogs and bears. That's okay. no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Okay. But I would definitely protect you. I would def- I definitely have a lot of vision inside of me. Okay. And I just need somebody to really just be able to help me see my vision mm-hmm. and see where I need to take it. And like say, yo, if you take these actions as boom, 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 you'll be good. I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm gonna have to come back to you one more time. Like, all right, you said do this again? I'm like, all right, cool. But the woman I think I believe I need, they definitely have to be a lot more assertive than I am. Okay. They have to be very strong-minded. So it's like, don't let me sway you all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who knows what they want out of life. Okay. Somebody who also has a vision for themselves, who has a life outside of me. Yes. I don't true. like clingy people because I like to be alone sometimes. Uh, somebody who's just driven, purposeful, who has a solid relationship with God. What is a relationship with God to you mean? To me, it's just they have their own personal relationship. It's not what church has taught you. It's not what your mom has taught you. It's not what the world has said, yo, this is what it has to be. It's more so like I found this connection with God and it works for me. It's just this one divine connection that brings me closer to God, brings me closer to you, but also brings me closer to myself at the end of the day. Okay. So it sounds like you need a woman that she challenges you, but yet she's soft and gentle with you at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely, She can hear what you're saying mm-hmm. and she can take it and she can execute it. She can walk into a room before you and prepare the room for Talk you. Talk to me nice, April. You know, is that, Talk that's, to me is, nice. Is that, what, is that what I'm hearing, Joe? That's what you hear. That's what you, because you're a businessman and having a woman on your arm that doesn't need to be uh, co- constantly connected to you even while you're in the room. Mm-hmm. She can work the room. Excuse me, have you met my husband? There you go. Mm. I think he's somebody you need to meet. Boom. That's is that is that what you're talking about? I need her to shoot the shot. No, she needs. I need to toss the alley. I slam dunk it. Okay, so that, that, yeah, so that means she needs to know how to be a woman when she enters the room. Absolutely, she's not entering the woman. She's not entering the room as a competition or anything. She's entering the room with the the lady. I mean, excuse me, the queen and the damsel in distress energy mm-hmm. um, is what she's doing. So the, that energy is. A queen, she rules. A queen knows how to make things happen. But the damsel in distress, she still lets you know, I still need you, though. 
Mm. But if I can, if you need me to run it, oh, I can run it. That's what that energy is. That's dope. That actually, I'm sure that's like helpful because now you can kind of identify in words what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helps with questioning on dates and things of that nature. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I, this is what I need. Yes. And sometimes I think if we can't articulate what we need, we don't let them know. And then they're not giving us what we need, even though they might be able to, but we never, we haven't, especially with men, we're real clumsy with words sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we, it's hard to get a message to travel from our heart or our head Mm -hmm. out of our mouth. Yes. Yeah, so it's very important to know which, who you are as a man. And I teach women that too. You got to understand what you need and be able to articulate that. You know, that's why I was able to tell Bobby, I said, I'm a, I'm a butterfly. I'm whimsical. And I know I need managing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I need somebody that can reel me back in. Babe, no, I said, we're not doing it. Are you sure we can't do it today? No, honey, <laughs> we can't do it but tomorrow. <laughs> no honey we can't do it okay like I have to have that if I don't yeah. if I don't have that it's I'm just gonna be off in the wind just doing what I wanna do but I need I need I have to have that man that can just reel me back in not from a domineering standpoint but because I respect you and I love learning from you and I know anything that you say it's for our better good I can I'll pout but okay you know. I love it. I love it. Look, we got we got to wrap this thing up, man. I'm uh, excited to uh, have had this conversation because there's a lot of women that need help. They want to build businesses. They want to be entrepreneurs, but inside, heart and mind, it's not like they haven't mastered who they are yet. And outside of knowing what you want um, in business, you need to know what you want from your relationship and vice versa, right? Because yeah, that's to me, having a successful business and a broken heart is not success. Mm. You know, we don't want to be public successes and private failures. So everybody out here is teaching how to get six figures and seven figures and eight figures and get to that. But what that heart looking like, though? Mm -hmm. What does your love legacy look like? You know, after you're gone, have you showed your children how to be loved on properly? You can leave them all the money in the world in your will, but watch them blow it because they don't know how to have proper relationships. Now they get with this one, this one, this one, and this one being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So we, I believe at this is a time if the pandemic didn't show people anything else, it showed you how lonely you were. Yeah. And I believe it's going to take people to have courage and use that same mindset. I'm doing this for my kids and fall in love for your kids. So if this isn't you, your kids are your, your, um, your focus. Let it be the focus on the love side. They don't like to hear me say that because now it's like, wait a minute. I, I don't know if I can do that, but yeah, but your kids though. Mm-hmm. You know, will your son know how to pick a proper woman? Um, the girl that my son was dating in high school, I used to always have to make get back in the car. I'm not used to nobody opening my car door. So my sons opened the car door, getting in and out of the car. And she would just hop her tail out. Get get in the car. I'm not used to that. Get used to it. Mm. Because this is how you're supposed to be treated. Get used to it. And she ain't around. She didn't stick around because she wouldn't. <laughs> she, she just, <laughs> She wouldn't listen. I'm like, and so in the car. And so what it does is it it starts to desensitize Mm. men from doing it. It's like, well, shoot, they don't want me to do it. But as soon as you give them the okay, it's like a breath of fresh air. Oh, I get to serve. I get to I get to do what I do as a man. I love it. I love it. Look, I gotta I gotta do a quick commercial. Then I'm gonna ask one last question. We'll wrap it up, okay? So because I gotta pay some bills because it's probably they get to see this for free. You know what I mean? So I got to pay some bills. Look, if if you're watching this, I need you to hit the subscribe button. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please rate us and leave us uh, a review. 
This episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com, the only organization that gathers every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurs. Do you know we have like five, between five and 700 entrepreneurs that are on a Zoom call every single morning, Monday through Friday, to hear a lesson or to connect with each other or grow together as entrepreneurs. It's the most phenomenal community ever. Wow. Ever. That's dedication. Actually, I need you to jump on one morning. Somebody asked me that just the other day. Are you going to do a morning meetup? Really? Yes. Yeah, somebody inside of my app because they're a part of your community. Oh, we here. We need you. They need you. It's literally, it's literally, imagine going to a conference every day. Wow. For an hour. Well, that says something about you that you can get up and do that every day. Oh, you know what it says about me? It says that I need community. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm just the leader. I do it every day because it's what allows me to continue to grow. Mm. Not only just teaching, but listening to people and hearing the stories Mm. of how, you know, we got, they got in the right, right environment and they started winning big. I, I need that. Okay. So I don't know if it says anything about like me as an entrepreneur, leader, whatever. No, that's a good thing. I need it. That's a good thing because it says that you understand who you are as a that yeah. goes back to what we talked about early, knowing what you need in community. You know, that's big. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. You're doing so, your thing. Go to themorningmeetup.com. Check us out. It's a dollar trial. You can join for a dollar. See if you like it for seven days. If you don't, you can leave. No questions asked. If you like it, stay. It's $79 a month. But grow with us as a family and community, okay? Themorningmeetup.com. One last question, then I'm going to have you close this out, Okay. okay. I want to know where you see yourself in the next five years so that I can watch this five years from today and say, yo, April said that five years ago. And look, she's doing it. Honestly, in the next five years, um, I will be married, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have a couple business ventures that I'm working on right now. And those will have, have skyrocketed. And I will just be sit, sitting pretty like I do now. I like... Mm-hmm. I, because I love my life so much now, I don't have like these big elaborate plans for the next 10, 20 years other than making sure that the love legacy is in place, the financial legacy is in place, and everybody around me is happy. I, I just, I've seen too many people plan for the future and constantly dying every five minutes. So people aren't living in the moment. So as, the, as long as I can over the next five years dedicate to living in moments, and enjoying myself and having, you know, my grandkids around and my kids around, I'm okay. And just give give me something to do. Having a husband that can give me something to do. It. That's it. There is no multi-billionaire. And all. No, we're going to get to that. But is this right? I love the love legacy. Yes. Create a legacy of love in your family because yeah. a lot of families don't have yes. a legacy of love. They got a legacy of divorce, a legacy of abuse, a legacy of toxic stuff, fatherless mm-hmm. children, motherless children. Yes. Um, so I love that. Well, thank you so much, April Mason. Thank you I for appreciate having you me, coming. Darling. Nah, this was uh this was really, really good. Um, did you get the answers that you wanted? I, I didn't know what we were talking about. I knew you was gonna ask me about relationships. I mean, everybody would want to ask me about that. I was like, how you do what you do and you're not married? Because I don't have to be. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a choice. And I think some people are in relationships because they think they're supposed to be in one. Yeah, it's like, it's not, it wasn't a main priority. I just yeah. love love and I know how to teach it. Yeah. So My it, major thing was like, you being a person who's aware, is mm-hmm. it like harder for you to date? Because maybe men are intimidated. Maybe men, like, they, they have to be on their P's and Q's. They might feel like that. Or... You just see so much and it's like hard for you to connect. Not honestly, I don't meet a lot of intimidated men because 
to me, nobody can intimidate you mm-hmm. unless you allow them to. I like I like men that's, that that no, she not out my league. It's mm-hmm. the who's who's out of my league. You know, I I I like that kind of cockiness, that kind of mm-hmm. you know, very matter of fact. So no, it's dating for me was never hard. I just didn't want to settle down, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that I didn't. And so people, sometimes they see that as a, well, maybe she's this. Or they try to pinpoint what your issue might be when there is no issue. It's just, I didn't want to settle down. And I would say I would because I was supposed to say I would. But honestly, I really needed to make sure that I didn't do what I did in the past and that all of the remnants of what I saw growing up about relationships, because I come from products of divorce. I saw that. I don't want that. So what better way than to not choose a man just because he can take care of you and you don't love him, then take care of yourself, be interdependent, understand that you can be resilient and enjoy the process and vet until you find what is right for you. I just mm-hmm. don't do relationship status. I, 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 I say and wife, that's it. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> Look, thank you so much, April. I You're appreciate so you going by. Please let everybody know how they can find you, how they can uh, support anything you got going on, and then close us out with a word of wisdom. Um, you can find me on Instagram under Miss MS April Mason, as well as on Facebook. Uh, the All Things Feminine Social Club app. And I do have a best-selling book out called Identity Switch, Becoming the Woman Who Gets What You Want. My publicist is over there shaking her head like, say it, let everybody <laughs> know that you have that. And so you can find me there. Uh, and the words of wisdom I would leave you with is um, have the courage to establish a love legacy. And to the ladies, being a feminine woman gets you everywhere. It is. Listen, you can't close it out no better than that, man. Do yourself a favor. Follow April Mason right now, okay? And have your girl follow April Mason. Have your husband follow April Mason, okay? And also, go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. But I need you to go back to your community after you built it and teach them how you did what you did. That is the only way our community grows, okay? We are out of here. Peace. Bye. Come join the most amazing live mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs every morning. The the Morning Meetup. Do you have a business idea you need to get off the ground? Do you currently work a nine to five and are looking for supplemental income? Come and network with like-minded individuals and take your business to the next level. Every morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with David Shand and friends. Try The Morning Meetup today for just $1. Head over to themorningmeetup.com. That's themorningmeetup.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.